Let's take our Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter 22. Proverbs chapter 22. And also Psalm 127. Psalm 127. We'll read Psalm 127 verses 3 to 5. And then we'll read Proverbs chapter 22 verse number 6 and then we'll pray. The title of my sermon this morning is How Do We Biblically Parent Our Children? How do we biblically parent our children? Well, you might say, Pastor, I don't have any children. Well, one day you might have children. Um, Pastor, I might... um, I'm beyond that. Well, you can have a part in encouraging parents to biblically parent their children. I'm a pastor. I'm a child that needs to be parented. Yes, it's exactly right. Uh, you need to know what your parents are meant to be doing uh, so you can remind them if, uh, if God grants you grace. So, um, <laughs> how do we biblically parent our children? Psalm 127, verses 3 to 5, the Bible reads, Lo, children are an heritage, gifts of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb, the the ability to have children, is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. And then Proverbs chapter 22, please. Proverbs chapter 22, verse number 6. The Bible reads, Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Let's bow for prayer. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for your precious word. And I pray, blessed Holy Spirit, that you will teach us, encourage us, instruct us in how to build and promote godly families. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. The family is the bedrock of society. The family goes, society goes. So it's very, very important that you and I as God's people do all that we can to promote families, godly families. And if we're to have godly families, we need to have biblical parenting. So how do we biblically, I say biblically, not humanistically, not, well, this is how I was raised. How do we biblically parent our children? In Psalm 127, the Bible teaches us that children are gifts from God to the parent. Heritage of the Lord, they are gifts. And the ability to have children is God's gift to a woman. And the parents need to see their children as useful and with great potential to have impact and there in Psalm 127 they are likened to arrows. Arrows are useful in the hand of the archer. An arrow used correctly will have impact. So parents need to see their children as arrows of usefulness and impact which are in their possession and their influence. And we as parents have the sober responsibility to equip our children and to send them out, so to speak, as arrows 
to send them out as responsible individuals that will make a positive and a spiritual impact upon the world. And note there in Psalm 127 there, it talks about not being ashamed. But they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Note the change then, verse 5. Happy is the man, in reference to the parent, that hath his quiver full of them. More children the merrier. And all God's people said, Amen. This idea of just having one child is absolutely selfish the call, unless that's all that God allows you to have. That's society today, I'm afraid. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them, full of what God gives. And then verse 5 goes on to read, and I don't think we take much note of the end of verse 5, they, who are the they? The children. They shall be not ashamed but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. In other words, a parent that sees their responsibility to train up their children and sees the potential to train them up to be useful arrows for God's glory, those children will stand independently unashamed and abled, equipped to take on the enemy. See, we as parents have an awesome responsibility to train our children to stand independently of of you and I as parents. They can stand unashamed and face the battles of life with courage and with success. I'm afraid that many parent their children to be reliant upon them. And even within the latter years, I know of young adult singles that are still reliant upon mummy and daddy to pay their bills, to get them out of trouble, to make decisions for them, to handle their problems. But you and I as parents have the responsibility to train our children so that they will be useful arrows for God's glory and they will in time stand independent, unashamedly facing the battles of life and able to win victories for the glory of God. Without mummy and daddy delivering or getting us out of trouble. So how do we biblically parent our children. See, happy is the man that have his quiver full of them. So in other words, a happy parent is a parent that invests in their child and notes within their child maturity to the point that they are standing independently and are able to face the opposition that this world provides and stand in victory. Happy is that parent. So parents, we have a sober responsibility to equip our children, to send them out like arrows. Arrows can have impact if guided and directed accordingly. An arrow can cause a lot of harm, but that same arrow can be a means of victory. If we go to Proverbs chapter 22, please, verse number 6, the Bible teaches us how we can parent our children biblically. So I'd like to encourage you to take note because all of us, no matter where you are at, whether you are a single person yet to be married or whether you are a uh, married couple or to be married couple or you're married with children or your married children, have grandchildren, no matter where you're at, you and I need to do our part in promoting 
godly homes. How do we biblically parent our children? Well, the Bible teaches us how do we biblically parent our children. It is our mandate from God. Where do we begin? Well, note here in Proverbs chapter 22, verse number 6. Note the word train. Train. How do we biblically parent our children? We train them. It's interesting, this word translated train in our English Bible comes from a root word which means narrow. Narrow as opposed to broad, narrow. This implies that parents need to educate their children on a narrow, specific path. And this narrow path is found within the pages of God's Word. Note there for a moment with me in Genesis chapter 14, please. Genesis chapter 14. Genesis chapter 14. Concerning Abraham, the Bible teaches us here in Genesis 14, 14. And when Abraham heard that his brother was taken captive, that is his nephew Lot, he armed his trained servants born in his own house, 318, and pursued them unto Dan. And if we had time, we would note within this passage of Scripture that Abraham successfully rescues Lot. And he does so with an army of trained individuals. And that is a fitting illustration of Psalm 127, verse 5. They shall not be ashamed and they'll better stand with the enemies in the gate. So, beloved, you and I as parents, we need to see the importance of training our children. As Abraham trained up his children and those born in his house, in the ways of the Lord, in the paths of justice and judgment, which are the ways in which they should go and which will be to their profit and their advantage. What satisfaction those trained men would have experienced in being trained by their godly leader and father Abraham and with that training to see it profit the family unit, in the rescuing of Lot and his household. What does it mean to train? How do we biblically parent our children? Well, Proverbs 22 teaches us, in verse 6, train. What does it mean to train in that narrow path? Well, Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 4 spells out very clearly the main areas in which we need to train our children. Note here in Ephesians chapter 6 verse number 4. In Ephesians 6 4 the Bible reads, And ye fathers, the head of the home, provoke not your children to wrath, Your job is not to make your children angry unnecessarily, to wrath, uncontrollable anger. But, fathers, but to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So how do we train our children? What is this narrow path that you and I as parents and parents-to-be 
and those of us that have the opportunity to encourage our parents to be. What is this narrow path? Well, the Bible teaches us to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Now, what does that word nurture mean? It means to tutor, to educate, to instruct them. It is the parents' responsibility to educate their children. Parents, that's our responsibility, to educate our children. For most of known history, parents educated their children. They homeschooled their children, that was the norm. Until... uh, the secular society robbed them of that privilege. So parents, it's your responsibility to train your children. Not the government's responsibility, it's your responsibility. So the Bible teaches us, fathers, we need to lead our families by training our children in the nurture. It's our responsibility to educate our children. Now, how do you educate children? There are two main means of educating our children. Number one, write this down, life example. You and I need to flesh out before them how to live and how to live for Jesus Christ. Children are like sponges. They take in. And may I submit to you, parents, as you note that very fact in a very young child, that doesn't stop. They're taking in. And the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 1, follow me as I follow Christ. You and I as parents reflect the values that we want to instill in our children. Don't expect your children to rise any higher than you, parent. If you're just a Sunday morning Christian, don't expect your children to be any more than just a Sunday morning Christian. As simple as that. If you're just a religious once a Sunday Christian and you forget God for the rest of the week, well, don't, don't be surprised if that's what you raise. Because that's what your children see. You're teaching them. You're training them. You are imparting your values. If they see you arguing and and being cantankerous with people day in, day out, you are training them to do likewise by your life example. And there's no point saying, child, do what I say, not what I do, because it's not how it works. They will do what they see, not what you say. So parents, we have a responsibility to nurture our children, to train them, to educate them, to instruct them, to tutor them. And we do so first and foremost by our life example and secondly we do so by teaching them, exposing them to knowledge that is wisdom spelled out within the Word of God. Our children need to be educated. They need to see Christ in us, the hope of glory you reflect the values you want your children to have. How I treat my wife, their mother, will have an impact upon my children. My involvement or lack of involvement in church will have an impact upon our children. And at the same time, you and I need to take time to line upon line instruct our children. Parents, you don't want to just fill the mind of your child with knowledge. 
Oh, my child is very intelligent. Oh, I've never seen a more intelligent individual in all my life in this child of mine. May I submit to you, parents, you don't want your child to be just filled with knowledge. You want them to have wisdom. You want to teach them, you want to instruct them how to live. Your children need to be taught the Scriptures from a young age so they will comprehend and respond to the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Note there in 2 Timothy chapter 3, Second Timothy chapter three. The author of this book, the Apostle Paul, encourages his apprentice, his trainee by the name of Timothy. Note in verse 14, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Note the charge there. Continue thou in the things thou hast learned and hast been assured of, has been true, knowing you know of whom thou hast learnt them. And then note then verse 15, and that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. So the Apostle Paul said to Timothy, I want you to continue in what your parents taught you. And you've been assured of as being true. And your parents took the time to teach you this wisdom because what you've learnt has made you wise unto salvation. Parents, we need to understand it's our responsibility to train our children. Oh, but Pastor, that's why I send my children to school. Well, they can help in the training, but you are the main teacher. That's what the Bible teaches. I want to send my child pastor to a school that teaches them not only how to read and write, but good values. The importance of honouring and obeying parents and the importance of being honest and the importance of being working hard. May I remind you, parent, that's your responsibility. And thank God if you send your children to a school that does teach your children to honour and obey your parents and work hard and, 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 and to not to cheat and not to lie. Good on them. But at the end of the day, that's your responsibility as a parent. And may I submit to you, as parents, we will stand before God and give an account as to whether we trained our children as God commanded us to do so. God is not going to call in your school. I don't think God's going to call in the principal of Crow's Nest Boys High School, where I attended many moons ago. You failed to teach Mario how to read and write. That ain't going to happen. And you failed to instill into Mario some good qualities. No, you and I as parents have that responsibility. To bring them up in the nurture. Parents, it's our responsibility. How do we biblically parent our children? We need to see, hey, it's my responsibility to train my children down a narrow path. A specific path. How do I do that? By my life example. The Apostle Paul said, Follow me as I follow Christ. 
And in such, the Apostle Paul was not saying, I am the Christ. Worship me as the Christ. Oh no, he was simply saying, I'm following Christ and as I follow Christ, I trust that my life is a signpost. A practical guide on what it means to follow and live for Jesus Christ. And parents, that's our responsibility. To bring them up in the nurture and note here in Ephesians 6.4 and the admonition. To admonish means to call to attention, to correct, to rebuke, to warn. Discipline is the chief means by which we admonish our children. Our children need to be nurtured, they need to be instructed, they need to be educated, but also our children need admonition to call to their attention, to correct, to rebuke, to warn. Note there in Proverbs chapter 6 please, verse number 23. We need to provide verbal reproof from time to time as parents. Note here in Proverbs chapter 6, the 23rd verse, it reads, For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and reproofs of instruction. What instruction? God's commandments, God's law, the reproofs of instruction are what? The way of life. So if you want to impart life, abundant life in your child, then you will from time to time admonish them. For the reproofs of instruction are the way of life. You are teaching your child how to live. A child that has not experienced verbal reproof, verbal warning, verbal admonition has not been taught how to live. And parents, if you fail to pull up your child from time to time, then you are, by default, not teaching them how to live. Amen. We admonish through reproof. That means from time to time we pull up our child and we rebuke them. Of course, lovingly. Oh, but pastor, I love my child too much. pull them up anything. Well, congratulations, parent. You are raising a brat that will cost our country in some way. And in time, I'll probably be visiting them in prison or in a housing commission block. We admonish through reproof we admonish by the application of the rod, what the Bible calls the rod. Not capital punishment, it's corporal punishment. Capital punishment is biblical. It is. And so is corporal punishment. Note then Proverbs chapter 22, please. Are we still friends? Look at Proverbs 22.15. Look at this. The Bible reads, Foolishness. What's the opposite of foolishness? Talk to me. Wisdom. It doesn't say wisdom 
is bound, is trapped. <laughs> Foolishness is bound in the heart of a what? A child. But the rod of correction, corporal punishment, application of pain on their blessed assurance. But the rod of correction shall do what? Drive it far from him. Our children need reproof. Our children need the rod. And this is what the Bible calls chastisement. And this chastisement will produce what? It will produce holiness. Hebrews 12.10 please. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 10. Hebrews 12.10, the Bible reads, the context here is in reference to God chastening us and giving us a good spank from time to time. We need it. And all of God's people said, I've needed it. Surely if I've needed it, you have needed it. Maybe you need a good spank right now from God. And what is the benefit of this chastisement? Note there in chapter 12, verse 10. What will this chastisement... Now, the immediate context here is in the context of God chastening us as His children. Note the produce here in verse 10. For they verily for a few days chasten us after their own pleasure, but He for our profit... A parent can be guilty of chastening a child because they just want their child to conform. We are guilty of that as parents. We discipline our child because we want them to look good. Nothing more humbling to have a a toddler that makes an absolute muck of your little world at that introduction. to so-and-so or so-and-so. So we as parents can be guilty of chastening our children, disciplining our children, because it's for our pleasure, for our sanity, for our peace of mind. And yes, if you chasten your child, you will have sanity. If you want to go crazy, just let your child do as they will. And you'll be stressed to no end. And you won't sleep well at night. But if you provide reproof for your child and you give your child a spank every now and again, it will give you peace. Bring pleasure. But more so, God chastening us and the reason why we chasten our children, not just to give us pleasure... It's simply because we want their best and we want them to become holy. Note there at the end of verse 10 it reads, But he for our profit that we might be partakers of his, let's say it together, holiness. Holiness. So we discipline our children because we want them to be holy. So how do we biblically parent our children? We train them. We nurture them. We admonish them. How do we educate our children by life example? Parent, what type of example are you? By what you do, don't do, say, do not say? 
Go, do not go. You are instilling values into your children. And don't be surprised that they will imitate you. Is that what you want? And line upon line, we need to teach our children the Word of God. We need to instruct them. If you want your children, parents, to walk with God, you need to walk with God. They need to see you reading your Bible daily and praying. In the early formative years in raising our children, I would purposely have my quiet times, and my wife as well, in, in the lounge area. And when they were old enough to sit in the other corner of the lounge, we would sit them in that corner while we sat in the other corner of the lounge. And we would give them a picture Bible. And as we read our Bible, they read their Bible. I wanted my children to see that this is mum and dad's priority. So they would sit in their little corner with their picture Bible gently and nicely folding the pages. I expected them to go through the pages. Could they read or write, Pastor? Of course not. I was trying to provide an example. Our children need to be nurtured. Our children need to be admonished. They need verbal reproof. Parent, when was the last time you pulled up your child? Oh, but pastor, my children now, young adult singles, beloved, they need more of it. Young adult singles do some stupid things because they have more time and they have money and they think they're adults. Parents, do you love your children enough to train them? Please don't leave them to their own devices. Oh, but Pastor, it'll just happen. No, it won't. No, it will not. Let me stress one more point before we dismiss this morning. Go back to Proverbs chapter 22. Proverbs 22.6 teaches us how to biblically parent our children. Where do we begin? We train. We train them by educating them, by admonishing them. But note also my second main point here in verse 6. The Bible reads, train up. Up. What's the opposite of up? Down. Well, good. Train up, not down. Listen to me carefully. As parents, we are either training them up for a productive life or we or our negligence is training them down to be unproductive and to be a hazard to society. In Psalm 144, the Bible calls this kind of child a strange child. Note there in Psalm 144, please. Go to Psalm 144. King David was concerned about the strange children within his kingdom. Psalm 
And he exhorts us within this chapter the importance of raising mature men and young ladies that reflect true beauty. And a failure to do so will create strange children that are are destructive. Note verse 14, that our oxen may be strong to labour, that there be no breaking in or going out, that there be no complaining in our streets. Destruction, complaint. We have a lot of strange children in prison today. And you know what? The parents should be in prison. Because those children are the byproduct of the parent, largely. And we need to train up our children. In other words, you and I as parents need to work at training up children that are productive and that are useful as opposed to children that are destructive and children that become the talk of the town. The people are complaining about my children. No, they ought to be commending your children. Parents, when was the last time a parent or an adult said to you, your children are a compliment to you? Your children are a credit to you. We need to raise up our children to a higher standard. How do we do that? We instruct them. We provide discipline. Let me illustrate how we talk to them. This is one of my little pet peeves. You ready for it? When we talk to our little children, parents, yes, we use simpler words. I'm all for that when they're young. But don't create a new dialect in communicating with your children based upon their known vocabulary and pronouncement of words. I think it's embarrassing. I'm all for using simple words with a child. But don't talk them in ga-ga-da-da dialect. Talk to them properly. Otherwise you're teaching them a new dialect. Amen. You train them what? Up. Now areas that we need to train up our children in can write these down, parents. Good can be the enemy of best. And I believe as a parent you ought to expect excellence, not perfection. There's a vast difference. Excellence, not perfection. I don't expect my children to be perfect, but I expect them to do their best. Do their best in making their bed. Do their best in taking out the garbage bin and putting it where the garbage truck will pick it up. Do their best in washing the dishes or rinsing the dishes before they go into the dishwasher. Good can be the enemy of best. You train up your child. What about the area of saving, not wasting money? That's training up. 
to save, not waste money. I was saying to someone a couple of weeks ago, one of the hardest or the most challenging parts of parenting is to cause your children to value money. Remember the days we used to give our daughter, I think, $2 to iron a whole basket full of shirts. She thought that was great until Miss Gillian came along (laughs) and offered her $2 a garment. Yeah, ruined it. Ruined. Ruined that element. So train up your children to save and not waste. Train them to to do their best. Excellence. Train them up to work hard, not to be lazy. Oh, my child's naturally lazy, Pastor. We're all naturally lazy. That's the problem. Train them to work hard. How do you do that, Pastor? Give them a job that involves some effort. Fathers, get your son to take the garbage out. Oh, you mean my poor son's going to have to struggle dragging the garbage bin out the front? Yes. Smelly garbage? Yes. And then bring the bin back. Yes. Yes. Train them to work hard. That's training up. Save money, not waste money. To be neat. Oh, my son has horrible writing. That's your fault, parent. You've allowed them to have terrible writing. Instead of saying, son, that's not good enough. I'm not expecting perfection. That is unreadable. To write neatly is a discipline, not a gift from God. So we have mature adults that write terribly because they have an irresponsible parent that didn't pull them up. Train them up to be diligent. Train them up to be polite. people. Train them up to look adults in the eye. We trained our kids, you need to look to an adult in the eye. Remember that, Micah? Yeah. And if you did not, you were caught, you were dead meat. Parents, don't allow your children to look everywhere except into the eyes of an adult when an adult speaking to them. You make them look into their eyeballs. That's training up. Train them up to hold a conversation with an adult. Pastor, you expect children to be able to have a conversation with an adult? Yes. Is that possible? Yes. Train them up, not down. Train them to make the bed properly. Well, Pastor, I make my son's bed. No, get them to make their bed. From what age, Pastor, do you get your children to make their bed? As soon as they're old enough to have their own bed. Teach them how to make their bed. Now, it is a proven scientific fact that you can never please the mother in making bed, but you can get close. I, to this day, cannot please my wonderful wife making the bed. But I'm close, aren't I? Yeah. Yeah. 
close enough. Train them up. Parents, listen to me. Train them up. Oh, but Pastor, you don't know my my daughter. She's lazy. That's your fault. Do something about it. My child doesn't know how to work. That's your fault. Do something about it. My child has no value for money. That's your fault. Do something about it. You are the greatest means of influence in the life of your child. And we as parents need to take responsibility. Train up. I think that's enough for today. There's a whole lot more. If you're brave enough to come back next week. And parents, may I encourage you, whether your child is down here, or here, or here, or here, and here, they still need instruction. They still need your discipline. Train up a child in the way he should go. May God help us to raise a godly generation for the glory of God. Oh, but Pastor, I send my child to Christian school. I'm, I'm happy that you send your child to Christian school, but it's not their responsibility to raise your children. It's your responsibility to raise your children. May God help us to parent our children biblically. And by God's grace, next Sunday morning, we'll look at some further principles on how we can do that. Let's bow for prayer.